Yeah, it's been it's certainly been good with with the organic cider. It was a new challenge, and you know, growing such a big variety of crops, there's a lot of different strategies and management you need for the different crops. But it all needs thought and planning. But we've got a really good crew. This is the producers. I'm Danny Vallant. Mori Kafra owns Cafresco Organics in Kuwirup, a South Gippsland region remarkable for its black soil and suitability for growing food. Mori grew up on the farm and still lives here, so in some ways things have stayed remarkably consistent. In other ways, a lot has changed. Mori went against the grain and transitioned to organic farming, becoming certified in 1997. As he tells us, he didn't get pats on the back from his neighbours, but the proof is in his viable business and the increasing biodiversity on his farm. Hello, uh, my name's Murray Kafra. I'm an organic vegetable farm and cooler up, and um, yeah, we trade as Cafresco Organics. Um, well, we're um, about 70, uh, 60 or 70 kilometres south east of Melbourne at the top of Western Port Bay. Um, we grow a big variety of vegetables. Um, onions and asparagus are probably the main two, but there's about 25 different ones. I could rattle them all off, but it might bore you. Um, so, yeah, we grow broccoli, collies, capsicum, eggplant, beans, yeah, lots of things. Uh, well, it's a heavy black friable clay. We're at sea level, we're about 30 metres above sea level, so it's reclaimed swampland. Um, used to be known as the impenetrable swamp. Uh, many years ago, um, and since yeah, over the last you know, hundred or more years, there's been a lot of drainage happened because it's flattened water and clay soil. The water is very slow to get away, so it's uh, very important that um, the excess water drains away. Murray's parents moved from Italy before World War II and started growing potatoes, carrots, and onions here in the 1950s. Cesare and Salvatrice Caffra hoped to smooth a path to a profession for their Australian-born son. But there was something about farm life that drew Mori back. Desk work and city life was never going to cut it. Uh, history, well, I um, <clears throat> family bought where we are, well, the main farm. We've added to it in 1952. So, yeah, my parents were Italian immigrants before the Second World War. Um, I um, went off to boarding school for five years of secondary school and parents were very keen to get me to learn, um, you know, become sort of some, get some sort of profession because I, you know, being um, new immigrants to Australia had, had limited opportunities and, um, you know, didn't have qualifications and limited language skills, so they were keen for me to do something else, but nothing appealed to me, and um, so I decided to give the farming a go. Yeah, well, there's two houses on the farm. We live in uh, where I grew up. Um, we moved out of there for a bit to another house, and um, then subsequently we've we've renovated this house, and and I'm actually living where I where I grew up. So I haven't gone very far. Well, it's good. It's sort of close enough to. To Melbourne and to things that that uh, brings, and far enough away that you know there's a bit of open space, and um, yeah, it's sort of 
sort of rural, semi-rural, I suppose you'd call it. Maury stuck to the path his parents forged in terms of location and career, but he also diverged hugely from conventional farming. Using his own observations about soil degradation with chemical inputs, he learnt more about beneficial insects, crop rotation, and taking organic produce to market. Um, so yeah, we're organic. Um, we do um, we make uh, all our own compost on farm. Um, we we um, use um, cover crops or green manure crops extensively, and um, yeah, we're very we rotate different families of crops. So you know. Capsicums, for instance, and eggplant tomatoes are in the Salaceae family, so we keep them together one year and then we shift them somewhere else where there might have been brassicas, which is broccoli, collie, cabbage. Um, so, yeah, we have five different groups of vegetables that we swap around to minimise weed, weed and disease um, possibilities. Oh, look, I just, yeah, didn't like using poisons and it seemed to create more problems than it fixed so we played around with with um you know growing things with without synthetic fertilizers and um chemicals seemed to be okay and plus the prices for organic produce was quite attractive so uh, we took the plunge oh well the ground was really difficult to manage with synthetic synthetic fertilizers so it wasn't helping you know the biology in the soil much and that was one of the first things that we noticed well it took a little while but certainly the the soil structure seemed to improve uh, the ground was a bit easier to work you know after we'd been organic for a little while so that was a real plus and plus things were happening we got help from um, you know entomologists to point out what things were happening in the insect world and that seemed good. It was surprising how many beneficials were there and if you don't spray how they can get established and help help um, control pest insects. So, yeah, it was all um, a learning curve and while we're still learning, you never, never know everything. It's Yeah, it's been really good. For, certainly hard with other farmers. Uh, farmers are very um, conservative lot and not don't take to change very well. So, yeah, there's a lot of... I wasn't getting many pats on the back from neighbours and family while well, I was sort of allowed to do my own thing on the farming side of it, so that wasn't too bad. But, of course, you've got to come up with the goods. You've got to be profitable. So that was always, you know, in the back of my mind that um, got bills to pay and... Wasn't sure if it worked, something new, but um, probably fluked a few things and we're still doing it. Asparagus needs to pop up out of the soil before it can pop up at the market. What is the life cycle and particular challenges of this most curious vegetable? Um, yes, well, asparagus likes our um, deep clay soil. It's a nice climb. We'll often get a sea breeze off Western Port Bay in you know, a hot afternoon just takes the edge off it and just seems to grow really well here. It's a very fertile soil um, and then, you know, beneath the soil there's a clay and once the roots are in the clay there's no irrigation, which is a you know, huge plus. 
for asparagus just seems to do well. It's a bit bit um, difficult when it's wet, very slow to shed excess water, so it's very hard for the cutters, asparagus cutters, to negotiate, you know, the rows. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, it certainly grows very well here. So, you, well, you have a – you start off with a seed and it grows into what we call a crown. It generally grows in intense area for a year and then you dig up the crown and plant it out where it's going to go, about 300 mil apart. And then you've got all that next season, there's no harvest, and the one after a month, one after that two months, and then after that three months. So, yeah, it's a long a long um, time to wait. It's a little bit like an orchard. You, you don't get you know um, a yield straight away. But you still have to maintain the crop, and for us, you know, it's we're weeding mechanically and by hand, so it can be quite expensive before you get it up to harvest point. And then, yeah, potentially you've got it. Well, potentially you've got it forever, but it gets after about eight or ten years, a plant gets um, the thin. The asparagus get a bit thinner, so it's not that economic to harvest. So you tend to. Um, you know, in the meantime, plant another block, and then you, when they're young, they're nice and fat, and they're, they're easier to harvest and less expensive to harvest. Um, so it's generally a the crop is dormant in the winter. It it, um, it um, breaks dormancy late winter, early spring, and that's the traditional time of harvesting. And then in the summer and autumn is its time to go to fern and build up its reserves for the following year. Well, generally we want a, a warm early spring, which we got this year, so they uh, the soil warms up uh, quickly, which is what you want, and then yeah, your harvest is off and running. If it's cold and wet and miserable, the asparagus are pretty the same way. They're pretty slow, so you don't get a lot of asparagus, and um, you've still got to walk all that area or your Cutters have to walk all the area, so it's quite expensive to harvest when there's not many. So, yeah, when the numbers are up, it's good. And also this year, it's with the cooler October now, it actually slows. They can grow too fast, so it slows them down a little bit and makes you know makes the quantities we've got a bit more manageable. But certainly this year has been good, and we've had enough rain at you know the right time to to keep things ticking along. Oh, we sell to generally sell to. Uh, we're going to coal sailors, so we're generally on the phone. Um, Brian looks after that on the phone and working out, trying to haggle with price and quantities and um, deals with that. And we also uh, direct supplies to coals and we also supply other shops. So, yeah, we've got a, quite a range, wide range of clientele um, that we're just dealing with on the farm. We don't actually, we get carriers in to deliver it or some of the shops come to us. Alliums are an important crop to the Cafras, but they're also a bit tricky. Luckily, Mori knows his onions. Uh, well, probably onions are, uh, well, main or second main crop. Um, onions, a lot of issues with uh, keeping them weed free because they don't actually form a canopy to shade out the weeds like you know, a lot of other crops. So yeah, there's a number of strategies to try and keep the weeds or to get rid of the weeds. 
and they're a very slow grower. They're six months in the ground, so we're generally doing something with onions. And we start sowing in April and don't finish till September. So, and then our harvest is from sort of December to to April. So, yeah, they take up a lot of a lot of energy. When you're growing 25 vegetables, there's not exactly a typical day. Murray talks through the different tasks that might be happening on the farm. Oh uh, well, today we've got um, we're harvesting um, uh, cauliflower, baby broccoli, broccoli, uh, cabbages, uh, broad beans, and artichokes. Um, there's no planting today. We do have some capsicums coming later in the week, so they'll have to be transplanted when they get here and watered. Uh, but we've got the ground ready for that. So I've got, you know, crew that does cultivation and adding compost in preparation for future sowing. So we need to be ahead a little bit of the sowing and planting with cultivations, make sure we've got ground ready and not ground takes a while to, to get ready. So yeah, there's a few things going on and while well, we're packing the packing sheds running is working today as well. So we'll be dispatching produce. We dispatched a lot on the weekend for market today. Big markets are Mondays and Thursdays. So, yeah, a bit going on. Labour is often a challenge for agricultural businesses in Australia. Murray talks about his mix of local Gippslanders and Pacific Island workers. Uh, we get up to about 40 in the busy time. Um, we have mainly local people. Um, uh, help us. We also have a group of um, Pacific workers from Vanuatu and they stay here generally for nine months so they stay on the farm so it's good to have them here if there's a you know, quick job I need done I can grab them and and do it and um, yeah they're very happy friendly group of people to have around so yeah um, like it's a nine month stint so we might have one group for one nine months and then they skip the next nine months and it sort of rotates a little bit so they're not here for too long that's even nine months might be a bit long but at least they're back home you know for quite a while and of course they're here to make money to do things back at home they build a home or educate their kids so they don't they shouldn't I don't believe they should be here for too long their families are back at home that's where their life is yeah it's been really good and they're like I said, they're really happy and really good workers. You know, they've all grown up with growing their food back at home. So, yeah, they're really good with, with farm work here. Maury's kids aren't looking like they'll take over the farm, but he knows plenty of young farmers in the area and is confident his land will continue to grow food and offer a good living. He shares advice for those thinking about a life on the land. Well, look, it can be really fulfilling and uh, there's a lot of pitfalls, but also they should ask for help. You know, people that have farmed in the area, even if it's not, they want to be organic and they just talk to other farmers. A lot of the time that, you know, management is similar, um, you know, and soil needs different means of, of management as well. So... Um, yeah, just to ask questions and keep keep the vision, keep it. It works. It's um, you can grow food without 
you know, putting poison on it. So, yeah, give it a go. But, yeah, I just encourage people want to give it a go is, is to stick at it. There'll be some pitfalls and some failures, but you just got to stick at it and it, it does, it can work. Murray Caffra's day might be taken up with planning, planting, troubleshooting, harvesting or the dreaded bookwork. What is it that he loves about what he does? Oh, just seeing things grow. I don't like looking at the books too much. It's a bit stressful at times, but um, yes, seeing things grow and what, what's happening and also, um, you know, harvesting our produce for our own family. So that's, and knowing that there's no poison being put on it. Well, I've been doing this for a while, so I'm getting uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit tired, but that would have been with anything. So, yeah, it's been it's certainly been good with with the organic side of it. It was a new challenge for us, and um, yeah, it was good. You've got to thinking ahead. There's a lot of things you've got to consider, and you know, growing such a big variety of crops, there's a lot of different strategies and management you need for the different crops but it all needs thought and planning but we've got a really good crew so a lot of times they're ahead of ahead of me and saying you know we need to do this or that or that's coming up or so yeah, it's been really good having good people around me in in terms of the farm proud that we've given it a go and had you know a degree of success in in and there's a lot of scepticism and my own scepticism at the time, not knowing what, you know, what the outcome would be. And, you know, I had young family and bills to pay. So um, we've managed to, to, um, to keep our head above water financially, yeah. Kuwirup is famous for asparagus. And this part of South Gippsland is generally regarded as a rich agricultural region. Murray Caffra isn't just absorbing the bounty of the land for his own family farm. He's also using composting, crop rotation and other plantings to improve soil health and the biodiversity of his local area. The vegetables are good, but what Murray is putting back is just as important as what he's harvesting. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.